Amen. Yes, even blown across the parking lot. You know what? That has happened to us before. When we were close to moving down here, we were coming down. We was actually involved with another church at that time. And we needed money to come down. And so we, we was living up in Seaside area. Pulled up into Home Depot up there in Warrington. Money blown across the parking lot, literally. It's like, thank you, Lord. That was more than enough to supply our fuel. If you have a need and you believe God, you know what? God will get it through to you. It doesn't matter if, if he spoke to somebody and they're disobedient and they don't step in and do what they're supposed to do. Guess what? God has other sources. He has other sources, and he will provide for you. He is a good God, and he is good for his word. Amen. Amen. You know, I believe everybody came charged up today. And if you didn't come charged up today, remember to come charged up next week. How do you do that? Well, pray in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, you beloved, building up yourselves, charging yourselves on your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Spend time praying in the Holy Ghost. Like the Lord said to you, Pastor Donna, stir it up. Stir it up. You know, the Apostle Paul told Timothy that. He said, stir up the gift that is within you. It's up to us. We have to do something about it. We're all just waiting on God. But guess what? God's waiting on us. He's already given us the Holy Ghost. He's given us everything he is ever going to give us. You know, if you're looking for healing, if you're looking for provision, a lot of times you're just going, God, God, give this to me, give this to me. You know what? He's already done it. He already gave it to you 2,000 years ago. He gave it to you. He expects us to do something about it ourselves. What do we do? We reach out and we take it. We have to take it by faith. But, you know, I was told a long time ago, the hand of faith cannot take what the eye of faith cannot see. You have to know that it's yours. You have to see yourself having it before you will ever, ever possess it. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, we thank you for your presence here. Lord, we are so honored by your presence. And Lord, we glorify you and we magnify you. And Lord, we give you the glory for all things that we say and all things that we do. Lord, we ask that you would not only lead us and guide us while we're here at church, but Father, when we're out on the streets, Father, that we would learn to flow, that we would learn to yield to you, that we would know what to say, that we would know what to do. (laughs) And Lord, we shall forever give all the glory to you. Amen. Praise God. What an awesome God we serve. Amen. You know, the word says that we have been given exceeding great and precious promises. Not just great and precious promises, but exceeding great. That means beyond great. They've been given to us. How do we get them? I'm glad you asked. You know, a lot of times we have all these promises, we see them in the Word, but we don't always walk in the promises. Why? Is it because God didn't actually give them to us? No. It's on our end. It's something that we have to do. 
to obtain and possess what belongs to us. The children of Israel, when they went into the promised land, was it just given to them? No, they had to do something to obtain it. Even the walls of Jericho, even they fell down by the power of God. You know what God has given us of his great power, and it is through his power that we obtain these exceeding great and precious promises, but there's something we have to do. They had to march around that city of Jericho. Guess what? We have something that we have to do in order to obtain what belongs to us. We're going to take a look at a man in the Bible, our, one of our fathers. You know, we call him our father because the Bible says that if we be Christ, then we are heirs of Abraham. We look to our father Abraham to see what he did. We know that he pleased God. How did he please God? The same way we do, by faith, by believing him. The word of God tells us, tells us that without faith it's impossible to please him. Abraham had faith in God. He believed God. And we must follow along and do the same things that Abraham did. If we want the blessings that Abraham had, and guess what? They're ours. They belong to us. We have to do the same thing Abraham did. He believed God. Amen. Amen. Turn to the book of Romans. Chapter 4. God speaking. This is about Abraham. It says, as of starting verse 17, sorry, Romans 4, 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. This is speaking of God. This is what God did. This is how God acts. He calls those things that be not as though they were. He doesn't call things that are as they are. No, he doesn't do that. I'm gonna get, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, so we'll go back to the scripture here. It says, for, uh, for who against hope, this is speaking of Abraham, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. He knew that he had to believe God in order to obtain what God said about him. God said some very specific things about Abraham. It says, and Abraham, being not weak in faith. You know, you can be strong in faith or you can be weak in faith. You can either really believe God's word and take it at face value, or you can, you can even have just head knowledge. Say, oh, I agree with that. Yeah, that's true. That's right. That's what the word says. If it's God's will, it happened to me. That's not having faith. Faith reaches out and takes it and says, it's mine. It's given to me. I believe what the word says. Being not weak in faith, he considered not what, his own body. You know, many times we consider our body, the things that we feel, the things that we see, the things that we touch. Those are the things so many times that sway us. But we have to be like Abraham and not let those things that we see around us sway us from what the word says. 
The word is truth forever. It wasn't just truth 2,000 years ago. It's truth today, and it will forever be the truth. His word does not change. He's the same God today as he was yesterday. You know, Jesus is still doing the same thing on this earth today that he did when he walked this earth, if we let him, if we yield to him, if we believe his word. You know, people, when they came under his ministry while he walked the earth, they had to believe his word. We know some didn't. Look at the scribes and the Pharisees, religious people. They did not believe him. They didn't walk in his blessings. But those that believed, they received what they needed from the Lord. He considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Like I said, we have a God. As we read that he calls those things that be not as though they were. You know, the Bible tells us Ephesians 5, 1, it says, Be ye followers of God. That's the King James. You know, that's a little bit deceiving because when you follow somebody, you know, you're just following along behind them. You know, that word actually means to mimic, to copycat. We're to act just like God acts. That's what the word is telling us. We're to do the exact same things that God did. Well, what did he do? Go back to Genesis, and you'll see in Genesis chapter 1 that God spoke to things. He didn't call things as he saw them in the natural. He called things as he wanted them to be. And what happened? His word is powerful. His word works. Let's turn real quick actually over to the book of Genesis. We need to see this. Genesis chapter 1. We'll start at verse 1. It says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So it was without form and it was void, it was empty, and there was darkness. Did God say, oh, gee, it's dark. It's really dark out there. Guess what it was? He didn't say that, though. He said what he wanted to happen. He said, light be. And there was light. He spoke to it. We have to do the same things. We have to be followers of God. We have to be imitators of him. We have to do the same things that God did in order to obtain the blessings. In the book of Romans, I believe that was the book of Romans. Let me go back to my notes here real quick. It's actually the book of Mark. How could I miss that? Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus said, have, in the King James, have faith in God. No, that's not what it means. You know, we're to have faith in God. We're to believe God. But he literally said, have the God kind of faith. And this was after he spoke to the fig tree and cursed it. And the disciples were, wow, look at that. That thing died. 
Jesus told us we could do the same thing. We are to do the same thing. We are to speak to things. And they will obey us. Jesus, it's in red letters. Look it up in your Bible if you don't believe me. If you have a red letter edition, it was Jesus that said, have the God kind of faith. For truly, I say unto you that whosoever shall say, that's speaking, unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Whatsoever he's hoping for? No. Whatsoever he's believing for? No. Those things that he says. You know, if you look at your life today and you see the things that you're missing, things that you're lacking, guess what? The fault with a lot of that stuff actually lies with us. We don't like to see that, but it's true. What have we been saying about ourselves? Have we been saying what God says about us? Or do we say the things that we see, the things that we feel? Abraham, as our father, as our example, he believed those things that God told him. Genesis chapter 17. Let's start at verse 1. It says, And Abram was 90 years old and nine, 99 years old. The Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk me for thee and be thou perfect. He wanted Abraham to walk in holiness. You know, he speaks the same thing to us today. He said, be ye holy as I am holy. We are called to live holy, church. We are called to live according to this word. We're not saved because of how holy we live. No, we're saved by the precious blood of Jesus. But we are to separate ourselves. We're not to get entangled with things in this earth that would drag us down that are contrary to God and his word. I know I'm meddling, but that's okay. <laughs> and he says, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. He wanted to bless him exceedingly. People get mad about people speaking about prosperity. God was the one who thought of prosperity. God told his servant if you'll keep covenant with me, I'm going to bless your socks off. He's the same God today. If we keep covenant with him, and we do through the blood of Jesus, we have promises. He's promised to bless us, but why don't we always have those things? Why don't we walk in those blessings? Why don't we see those in our own lives? Because we don't always line ourselves up with his word. We don't always speak the things that we need to be speaking says in Abram, he fell on his face and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. He changed his name. You know what? We need to sometimes change our name. We need to see ourselves as God sees us. God saw Abraham as a father of many nations. He had to get Abram 
at the time, Abram, to change how he saw himself. Abram didn't see himself as that. He had to change his name. He had to start calling himself as God saw him. You know, we have to do the same thing. We have to learn to call ourselves as God sees us. Don't call yourself sick anymore. Why? Because 2,000 years ago, by his stripes, you were healed. If you were healed, you are healed. It doesn't matter what your body's telling you. It doesn't matter what the symptoms are saying. His word is the final answer. Final answer. Get your mouth lined up with his word. Speak his word. Speak his promises. We can do the same thing. God has given us the ability to. He doesn't tell us to do anything that we can't do. Learn to yield to him. Learn to watch your tongue. Learn to put his word first. If you truly believe him, if you truly believe his word and what he says, you're going to be speaking it. You have a choice. It's up to you what you speak. The Bible tells us, it says, decree a thing, and it shall be what? It might happen? No. no. It shall be so. What have you been decreeing over your life? Have you been decreeing what the Word says? What does the Word declare about you? If you don't know what the Word says about you, Spend time. Go through the word. Find out in the word what the Bible says you are in Christ. Who you are. What belongs to you. That's what the word says about you. And declare, decree those things. Change the way you talk. It will change the way you walk. That's from him. What's the Bible say? The Bible tells us whatsoever things are true, just, lovely, of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, to think on these things. You know what? Your past life isn't true. What happened to you 20 years ago or before you were ever a believer is no longer true about you. You've been forgiven. You've been cleansed. So you don't speak about those things. It's not lovely. It's not a good report. There's nothing to break up on our old man. There's a lot of things that I did. But I don't want to break up on those things because that's all garbage. I want to break up on what the word says about me. What's the word say about you? It says that you've been forgiven. That you've been cleansed. The word declares that we have been made righteous. You know what? You are just as righteous as Jesus is. Amen. The Bible says that we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's declared us righteous. That's why we can enter into his presence in the Old Testament. Once a year, the high priest was able to enter into the Holy of Holies. And he better make sure that he went through all the ceremonial cleansing and did everything right. Or he'd fall over dead. 
we can enter into his presence and we don't fall over dead. Why? Because the blood of Jesus has made us righteous. A lot of times we say, oh, I'm so unworthy. You know what? That's a bunch of hogwash. In ourselves, we're not worthy, but he has made us worthy. Speak what the word says. He has made us worthy. He has decreed and declared things about us. Health, healing, prosperity. These are all things that we need to start getting in our vocabulary. The things that God has said about us. You know, the Bible says that we've been given the mind of Christ. Start declaring that over your mind. We have a sound mind. Don't speak what the world says. Don't speak what the doctors say. They might say, oh, you know, you were born with this. There's nothing that can be done about it. No, that's not true. There's nothing that happened at the first birth that cannot be changed by the power of the second birth. Amen. Some people say, I'm not sure if I believe that. Jesus said, all things, not some things, not a few things, all things are possible to him that believeth, and that there's nothing that's not possible with God. I don't care what medical science has said about you. I don't care what condition you were born in mentally or might be now. Even, you know, talking about people that had issues with drugs and how it's messed up their mind and messed up their thinking. You know, all that can be undone. Believe God. It's his power that can undo it. The Bible says that he came to destroy. He came to undo the works of the enemy. So if the enemy has done things in your life and destroyed certain things in your life, you know what? The power of God can undo that. You need to hook up your faith. Find out what the word says. Grab onto it. Hallelujah. We have to be like Abraham. What did Abraham do? Hi, how are you? What's your name? Hi, Robert. My name's Abraham. Glad to meet you. I'm father of many nations. That's what he said. So he called himself that. He started believing it. Call yourself the healed. Call yourself what the word says. The Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Call yourself free. If you have addictions in your life, call yourself free from them. I know a good minister friend of mine that... He had a person come up to him that had an issue with smoking. He just couldn't stop it. Couldn't kick that habit. He tried and tried and had people lay hands on him and stuff. You know, a lot of times people, I think, actually expect somebody to give them some sort of magic pill that just take care of everything. It doesn't work that way. You have to put some effort into it yourself. This minister said, you know, every time you go to light up the cigarette, as you pull it out of the pack, start saying, oh, thank God I'm free from smoking. And the guy said, you mean you want me to actually say that? He was going to go to smoke. He says, yes, keep saying that. You know, after about three days, the guy came back and says, you know, I don't have any desire to smoke anymore. I'm free. Declare yourself free. No matter what habit it is that's holding you in bondage, declare what his word says. You're free. You're free indeed. You're free from anything that would bind you. 
anything that would hold you in its evil claws, you've been released from it. We are no longer part of the kingdom of darkness. The prince of the kingdom of darkness has no authority over you anymore. He has no power over you anymore. Oh, if you yield to him. The word of God says, whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are. Well, that's easy. Just stop yielding to the devil. Stop yielding to those things. What's the Bible say? Flee the, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. If you quit yielding to those things, guess what? You're going to send the devil off packing. He'll eventually start leaving you alone. But we have to do something about it, and that is not yielding to the devil or yielding to the desires of the flesh, but yielding to him, yielding to his word, yielding to his spirit. That's one thing we need to learn to do continuously. Learning to yield to his spirit. We want to see the miracles of the Old Testament happen in our lives, happen in our community. We want to see those things. Yield to him. Yield to him and we'll see those things. Bible says we've been made complete in him. Whole. Think of the word shalom. You know the word peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Everything working, doing its proper job. Start declaring that over your body. I'm whole. Lupus does not have any hold on me. Cancer has no hold on me. This flu bug going around has no hold on me. Why? Because I've been made whole in him. He's paid the price. The promises of God are not like cherries on a tree. They don't just fall off and happen to fall on you. I've known people for many years, including my own family, talk about, oh, you know, that person there is such a saint, and they love God so much that surely, you know, uh, they're going to be healed. And they never were, and and they died. Why? Because they didn't believe the promises of God. They expected these things just to happen. We have exceeding great and precious promises, but guess what? We learn sometimes in life that they don't just fall on us. They don't just happen. We have to take them. The Bible says that the violent takes the kingdom by force. That's what we have to be. We have to be violent against the devil and say, no. I'm not going to accept that. This is what I'm accepting. I'm accepting his promises. I'm declaring his word. The Bible tells us, and this is interesting, it's written throughout the whole word, all the way back in the Old Testament. It says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, you can look at 2 Corinthians 13, if you want. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. We have the one witness right here. The word. It's declared the promises. But God set this law in place in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Guess what? That means more than one. Just because God's declared something over you. Just because somebody has given you a word that came from the Lord. Let me say something quickly about words too. When you get a word from the Lord, somebody gives you a word... You know, if that is, if that agrees with what God has told you, great. It's confirmation. 
God gives his word sometimes for confirmation. But the Bible says that those who are the children of God, that's us, are led by his spirit. We're not led by words. We're not led by somebody going around prophesying over us, telling us what to do. And I know sometimes it's happened in our circles. We look, oh, give me a word. Tell me what to do. That's what God's going to speak to your spirit. When somebody gives a word, it confirms something that he's already told you. Sometimes it might give you a little bit of direction along with it too, but it's a confirmation. His word, his promises, his exceeding great and precious promises become established in our lives. Only one way, when we agree with them. And I'm not just talking to agree with it in your mind. Speak it out. Declare it. Declare the word of the Lord over your life. Declare his healing power. The word of God says that he sent his word and healed them. It came out of his mouth. It has to come out of our mouth too. What's the word of God say in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10? It says, for with the heart... Man believes unto righteousness. It makes us righteous. It says, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Mm -hmm. Our mouth. We have to speak it out. We have to declare those things. That's why we declare Jesus as Lord openly with their mouth. Until you do that, if you, if you never accept the Lord, and nobody else in here has. Until somebody declares it with their mouth, they can't be saved. Until you declare the promises of God with your mouth, guess what? It's going to keep you from receiving his promises. If you want healing, you have to declare that you are the healed. Not that it's going to happen sometime, but we have it now. Faith is now. Faith believes I have it now. When is now? Now. We're not waiting for God to do it. I know many times, oh, I'm just waiting for God to heal. I've been asking the Lord, but he must have some other way, something else in his mind. You know, there's a disconnect there, and that disconnect is in us. We need to truly believe his word. We need to speak it out. Abraham is declared righteous because he believed his word. What did he do? He didn't keep calling himself Abram. He changed his name. He said, I am Abraham. We need to do the same thing. We need to take upon ourselves the name that the Lord has given us. We don't declare things. We shouldn't be declaring things as we see them in the natural around us. Let the word be our foundation. Let the word be our basis. Let's obtain, let's walk in his promises. And we only do this one way. And that's by getting his promises in our mouth and declaring those things. What did I say in the beginning? Calling those things that be not as though they were. That's what we do in our lives. It may not be in existence in our body. We might have sickness and disease in our body. We don't declare those things. We call those things that be not as though they were. Declare holiness. Declare health. 
declare whatever you need. Pastor Mark, why don't you come up and play for us? And all of us, as Pastor Mark is praying, let's start declaring the word over our lives. Let's declare his promises. Declare healing. Declare wholeness. Declare soundness of mind. Clarity of thought. Declare prosperity. Yes. Yes. Be bold. Declare what God says about you. Yes. Yes. Learn to see yourself as he sees you. Yes. And that might mean turning the TV off sometimes. Turning off the radio. Even if it's a minister speaking, get in his presence. Get in the word and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. He's our teacher. He'll reveal his word to you. So just all stand up and start declaring the word of the Lord. Oh, Father, we thank you. Lord, we declare your word over our lives. Lord, you are God. You are not a liar. You don't change your mind. Lord, you declared that we are the healed and the whole. Lord, we declare healing and health. Lord, we declare soundness of mind. We declare what your word says. Lord, we don't care what the symptoms in our body say. We don't care what medical science says. Lord, we declare your word. You know, that's a hard word because you don't know. You don't know how long I've been waiting. You don't know how long it's been. You don't know how long I've been dealing with this. You don't know what they've said about me. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what the doctors have said. You don't know my genetic makeup. You don't know what the psychiatrists have said. No, I don't. But I do know this. I know the Word of God. And today is the day we decide what we believe. Because you see, nobody else can talk you in to your salvation, and nobody else can talk you into your healing. I could stand here all day and I could quote scripture to you and I could tell you what the Word of God says. There is no difference in receiving your healing than there is in receiving salvation. We overcomplicate everything. It's simple. Jesus died so that you don't got to be broke no more, you don't got to be poor no more, and you don't got to go to hell. It's as simple as that. And today we decide. Today we decide. It doesn't matter what's been spoken over you. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter. What matters is whether you believe, whether you receive, because no one else can do that for you. The other day I went to crawl into the truck, and I'm telling you right now, there was some pain going on. And I found myself mumbling and murmuring and groaning, literally groaning. 
And I picked up the book that we've been reading for our Rhema thing, and I was reading, and I was reading what Brother Hagen was saying as I was groaning. And he said, whenever your body is being attacked or whenever there's something coming against your body, what do you do? Do you put your eyes on the pain and you think, oh, I'm sick, oh, I hurt. And, I was, and I'm, I'm groaning as I'm reading this. No. We go to the Word, and we find out what the Word says. And we dig into the Word and begin to speak out of our mouth what the Word says. Because you can be in pain, and you can be down, or you could be whatever it is that the devil has brought to you. If you think that's God, you need, you, you need some learning. Because that is not God. It is never God that brings you anything that Jesus has already paid the price for. That is contradictory to his nature. That is contradictory to who God is. And you know, he's got blamed for a lot of things over the years, and I'm getting tired of it. I'm getting tired of it. I bet you God's getting tired of it too. I bet you. If it comes to attack you, to bring you down, to bring you low, to take you out of God's plan for your life, to take you away from, from the blessing that he has for you, it is not of God. It is time to rise up, church. It is time to pull up our, our boots, pull up our bootstraps. It is time to take responsibility for what we know to be the truth. It is time to stand on what we know instead of waiting for someone to come along with a magic pill to give you. Because there is no magic pill. But what there is is better. Because it is a life walked out. It is a life shown to be, hallelujah, victorious. It is something that you can take to the world and you can say, yes, 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 I know. I have walked that path and I have been through that. But let me tell you what, let me tell you what, Jesus has paid the price to set you free. So Father, right now, right now we declare we are not going to lay down and let the devil run all over us. But we are going to stand up and we are going to take our rightful place in this in this body, Father, in this kingdom, Father, in your kingdom. And, Father, we declare over our bodies that they have to come in line. Father, that they have to be made right. Father, we declare over our households, Father God, that there is blessing over our households, not cursing. Father, I thank you, Lord, that there is more than enough, more than enough in every house, more than enough, Father God. And, Father, I speak joy joy over the people here joy if someone has ever told you well you know we live in Oregon and the sun doesn't shine very much and so you know vitamin D and the whole thing and the you know the the D word depression and all of that can I tell you something I've had that spoken over me too and you know what I've come up against that quite a few times and let me tell you what that is not of God and we are not to stand and say, well, you know, I'm just feeling a little down. I'm feeling a little depressed. Well, you know what to do, don't you? Go to the Word. Go to the Word and get in the Word and begin to see what the Word says and then begin to speak the Word. And then if you need to, you stand there and you start to spin. 
You start to spin in the spirit and you begin to speak out what the word says. Sing it out. And then you begin to sing those praises that the Lord begins to draw up on the inside of you and let them come out your mouth and affect your world. Hallelujah. Nobody else can do that for you. You have to do it for yourself. And if you lay in your bed, it will never happen for you. You have to decide. No one else can decide for you. So, Father, right now I declare over every person in this place, Lord God, that when the spirit, the evil, vile spirit of depression begins to come upon them, Father, that the word of God would rise upon the inside of them and that they would have what they need to speak out against that evil thing and they begin to speak the word over their lives. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you, Father, for the angel that was put at their side at birth that ministers to them the word of God. I thank you, Lord God, that they have what they need. You have given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. Hallelujah. We thank you for it. We thank you for it right now. Hallelujah. Just lift up a praise to him right now, church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We give you glory and honor, Lord. Yes. Lord, you are more than enough. You are more than enough. You are more than enough, Father God. Hallelujah. Yes, we do. We believe it. We believe it. To believe means to live. To believe means to live. So, Father, we don't just speak it, Father God. We actually believe it, and so, therefore, we live it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, right now, as we go into our week right now, we just go out with a praise on our hearts. Father God, not with condemnation. No, no, no. If that evil thing begins to rise up against you, you know what to do with that, too. If conviction comes to you, then repent, for goodness sakes. Don't sit there in condemnation. That's not of God. But conviction comes to you to help you get right. He wants to get you right. So right now we come against that too. If you've been doing it wrong, that's okay. Just do it right from now on. It's easy. Right? Thank you, Lord. We move from glory to glory. Father, we just step into the next thing that you have for us, Father. Hallelujah. Let's sing something. Pastor Mark, I don't know what, but let's take, go out in a song. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Yeah. 
mercy endures forever. Yes, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Praise you, Jesus. We invite you to visit us at 10 a.m. on Sundays at 2015 Northwest Highland Avenue, Grants Pass, Oregon, 97526. You can find us or contact us on Facebook under High Rock Church. If you would like to give into this ministry, you may do so by going to highrockchurchgp.org and click on Online Giving. We are so happy you were able to join us today.